In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H Evans. 43 degrees this morning. Headed up to 67, though. Should be a pleasant day. I think they're saying mostly sunny. And tomorrow, 73. Thursday, 74. But at the homecoming game on Saturday, 60. Have to wear a jacket. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Party line on the air. Today is October 4th, 2022, of course. Scott's here, of course. And um, Good morning. Good morning. Today is National Taco Day. Yum. Yeah. And, uh, boy, we have a, a number of places that offer tacos in Athens. That's great. Yeah, and it's Taco Tuesday at Taco John's on Richland Avenue. So, not only is it National Taco Day, but it's Taco Tuesday. What a coincidence. What a coincidence, indeed. Irony, indeed. (laughs) Okay. It's National Cinnamon Bun Day. Now, you're working on something back there. Is that cinnamon flavored? Yes. Okay. Cinnamon raisin. Sounds great. Bagel. National Vodka Day. Okay, I don't... um, I'm not sure if I could... If you set a shot of vodka in front of me, and then bourbon, and rum, and name some others, you know what I mean. I don't know if I could tell them apart. I really don't. Really? Yeah. I'm not a huge drinker or anything like that, and I just... Um, well, I would think they would have their own distinct Well, I'm sure they flavor. do. It's just I don't know it. And color, too. Well, yeah. You know, if it's clear and uncolored, I think you could guess that it might be vodka or yep. gin. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, National Vodka Day. It's National Golf Lovers Day. Good day for that, weather-wise. And finally, National Fruit at Work Day. Raisins. I guess so. In in my bagel. Yeah. But I, I turned around to see if he had any uh, <laughs> fruit, and and uh, he caught on and said, "Well, raisins." Yeah, right? they count. Yeah, they formerly known as grapes. Yes. The artist. I do like like raisins. Yeah, me too. You ever had craisins? I'm not sure. Cranberries and raisins? Oh, I think so then. Mix? Yeah. Yeah. Those are good too. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see. Historical events. On this day of October 4th. But the year was 1537. The first complete English language Bible. 
sometimes known as the Matthew Bible, was printed based on translations by William Tyndale and Miles Coverdale. 1537, the first English language Bible. I wonder why it took them so long. Uh, well, I, I think they, uh, what they did, as far as I know, from what I've read and researched, they consulted with many biblical scholars and those individuals of the clergy before they could translate it, make sure that they were getting the correct translation. So it took a, a while, obviously, for that to happen, for them to gather all the information to verify, indeed, what the Scriptures meant and what they said. Okay, so I'm going to um, ask some perhaps dumb questions. Well, maybe I'll give you a dumb answer. <laughs> well, it's, try not to. It's entirely possible. Okay. So, <laughs> the Bible. When was the Bible first, and I don't mean in English, but in any language, when did the first Bible come about? Um, I'm not 100% on that, but um, my guess is, uh, you know, it was obviously before, I, I would say B.C. Really? Yeah, because, it, you know, it obviously it tells of the, the birth of Christ in the Bible before that and tells about, in the Old Testament, uh, many of the times before the prophecy of Christ okay, appears yeah. in the Bible. Now that you mention that, I think I understand. Now, um, how many years did Jesus live? 33. I thought so. And it we it took from fifth from all that time to fifteen thirty seven the year fifteen thirty seven before the first English language Bible was produced. That's remarkable. Yeah. Well, anyway, in the year fifteen eighty two, the last Julian calendar day in Spain, Portugal, and pontifical states uh, to sync to the Gregorian calendar. Ten days are skipped and the next date is October 15th. I don't think I understand that at all. I'll just keep going. In 1883 on this date, the Orient Express departs on its first official journey from Paris to Istanbul. It still runs, doesn't it? Um, the Orient Express? I think so, yes. That would be a hoot, wouldn't it? It I mean, would be interesting, especially after... Not a hoot. That's not the right word. But An adventure, I think. Just a interesting thing to do. Yeah, because, you know, you've seen about it in movie, the movie, obviously. Certainly. That and the book, and uh, I think a couple books maybe have been written. But, yeah, it would be pretty neat. <clears throat> okay, let's see if I can pronounce this next one. In the year 1900, in a final confrontation, around 4,000 Ashantis, Ashantis 
are defeated by the British in the Gold Coast, which is Ghana. 4,000. In the year 1957, the Soviet U Union launches Sputnik 1. I remember that. Mm-hmm. First, the first artificial Earth satellite to e elliptical into an elliptical low Earth orbit. Okay, nineteen ninety three troops and tanks of President Boris Yeltsin shell and occupy the Russian White House in Moscow. This was nineteen ninety three, the House of Government of the Russian Federation. Oh, dear. Okay, this next one I'm going to really feel. Well, you'll see where I'm going. In 2006, WikiLeaks is launched, created by Internet activist Julian Assange. Okay. Now, I'm on my computer a lot. But forgive me, I don't know what WikiLeaks is, and I'm embarrassed, I guess, because I've heard of it so many times. What is WikiLeaks? Well, it's it's an informational website, from what I understand, and that uh, Julian Assange was one of the uh, whistleblowers that uh, apparently he has been banned from the United States now. I'm not really sure what what he what he did uh about that i'll look it up here in just a second okay but uh, uh wikileaks uh, also publishes the intolerance network on that too so it's it's an international nonprofit organization that publishes news leaks and classified media provided by anonymous sources so there you have it Anonymous sources. Yes, that doesn't sound like it, like it's um, very well um, credible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, uh, they get the information. You know, for you, we've all seen when we get these stories that say this was spoken on the condition of anonymity. Yeah. We get that so much in politics and government, things like that, that apparently this website is able to dig in to some of those anonymous sources okay. and find out, you know, what what's going on with this. Well. So, uh, anyway, uh, Julian Assange is the founder of WikiLeaks, and uh, he created it with a desire to provide what he says, provide the public with the truth instead of filtered news from government agencies that affect us all and, you know, still does. I mean, you know, you, you look at countries like Russia, China, uh, North Korea, state-run news departments, they tell you only what they want you to know, okay. what they want you to hear. And this tries to dig in to things like that and let you know what the real story is, things that those governments don't want you to know. I get it. So, 
anyway, he Excuse me. apparently, okay, now I'm finding it here. Uh, if extradited, Julian Assange faces a 175-year sentence for revealing war crimes. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, if it, I, I'm not sure what, what country it was. Oh. Um, I, I thought it was the U.S., well, anyway, I'm not sure we can answer that on this show. Certainly, there's been journalists all over the world trying to answer such yeah. questions. All right. Maybe um, somebody can help us calling in here. Well, we've got someone doing so. Okay. Uh, if I can get the button, there we go. Um, let's see. So let's go to our phones for the first time today. Good morning. Good morning. I believe that individual has just been on your uh, news in the last week or so. Uh, he has been granted uh, citizenship in Russia, and we all know what Russia is doing today, don't we? Well, we have some idea, yeah. doesn't matter what news source you, you see, uh, you know, <laughs> there he is trying to take back and ha- thinks he has taken back four regions, mm-hmm. and now Ukraine is, has made its way into those four regions to uh, take that back, and... Um, that could be more of a reason for Russia to go in and declare more war, as he has already done, but even further and claiming this and claiming that. So um, I think for a while he was in Sweden, I think, uh, Assange. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this whole WikiLeaks thing, uh, um, I'm not quite so sure about all of that. I frankly really don't know much about it. But well, maybe you'll have some news on that. Uh, I guess maybe you could look back on on your recent uh, in the last day or so. There was there was an item uh, regarding that, where he has gained citizenship, hmm. and and he would make good, uh, you know, he would he would be quite a, an asset for Russia, which I don't trust. The citizenship you're referring to is that of Russian. Yes. Okay, just making sure. All right. Well. Well, you know what they're doing to that poor woman who was a basketball uh, star, putting her in prison for nine years because she had uh, medical uh, marijuana for her uh, that was uh, issued to her uh, for for um, dealing with pain, and and I think she's going to be getting her uh, appeal soon in October. I think it is. Mm-hmm. So um, Russia's not high on the on the list for at least uh, uh, folks like me. <laughs> Who, who trust, you know, certain countries or don't trust certain countries. I don't mean the people. I mean no, the, I the, heads, the, the heads of these governments. You know, I have a daughter-in-law who's Russian. And, um... Well, she should watch out. If she goes back, she may not be able to get back out of the country. Yeah. And she has family there. I understand that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We yeah, are 970 Russia, WATH. I, I don't think Russia is too interested in doing the United States any favors at this point. When uh, obviously the Have U.S. They ever? Um, yeah. You know, there was a time where, you know, they were willing to work with the U.S. Uh, during different presidencies uh, that I can think of. Uh, of course, President Reagan never backed down to Russia. And, uh, of course, we all remember when he told 
Mikhail Gorbachev to tear down that wall between yes. East and West Germany. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a little skeptical about uh, Brittany Griner, the U.S. women's basketball player, getting getting out of there uh, with the U.S. supporting Ukraine against Russia now, um, making things a little more controversial as far as, you know, her situation there. Uh, but also Russia wants back a, a citizen of their country that was a that is a convicted drug dealer here in the United States. And um, well, but anyway, um, if we can go here real quick about WikiLeaks, now this is all coming back to me. Uh, the indictment by the U.S. government alleges that Julian Assange was complicit with Chelsea Manning, a former intelligence analyst in the U.S. Army in unlawfully obtaining and disclosing classified documents related to the national defense and that they conspired together and Assange obtained documents from Manning and aided and abetted her in obtaining the classified information. So that's the basics of that there. Hmm. So yeah, it, it is the United States. Well, um, my first reaction as you said that last part was I could have been accused of that. Or I mean, I was I worked in intelligence in the army at a very high level. And um, I could have done something wrong. But I didn't. And I didn't you know, you 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 take an oath Oh well, this is deep. Well, you know, it's it's the way you know when you're you're a part of the armed forces, yeah, and you're in uh, areas that that information is available. You know, you <laughs> you better be on your guard, absolutely, so to speak. All right, well, let's um, let's uh, talk about some famous birthdays, for that matter, some famous deaths, as we do often on. Uh, free-for-all editions. By the way, we have, um, I think it's Chris Schmiel tomorrow. So we'll be getting updated on uh, Athens County. Um, he's a county commissioner, as you recall. Yeah, the business of the county. Okay, so famous birthdays. Now, forgive me, I don't know this person. Um, picture From the picture, I'd like to have. Great smile. It's a woman, Anne Rice, R-I-C-E. She was born in 1941. She died just last year, 2021. She was an American author of gothic fiction, erotic literature, and Christian literature. She was best known for her series of novels, The Vampire Chronicles. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, former president, right? Exactly. Born in 1822, died in 1893. And wasn't he also an Ohioan? Indeed he was. Rutherford Burchard Hayes was an American lawyer and politician who served as the 19th president of the United States from 1877 to 1881 after serving in the U.S. House of Representatives and as the governor 
of Ohio. He was born in Delaware, mm-hmm. Ohio, and passed in Fremont, Ohio. And I do believe there's a high school named after him there's, in Delaware. There's a, um, a monument up there, uh, the Hayes Memorial Monument. I, I don't know if I have the right name, but it's uh, I don't know if it's where he's buried or what. Um, don't know either. Doesn't mention here. Okay. Charlton Heston, the actor, of course, born in 1923, died in 2008. But he was born on this date in 1923. And uh, the last person here, Susan Sarandon. Now, she's an actress, right? Yes. And um, she looks familiar. I don't know what shows I might have seen her in. But, again, um, nice-looking gal. Today is her 76th birthday. She's an American actress and activist. She is the recipient of numerous accolades, including an Academy Award, a BAFTA Award, and a Screen Actors Guild Award, and has been nominated for a Daytime Emmy Award, six Primetime Emmy Awards, and nine Golden Globe Awards. Some of her movies include Thelma and Louise from 1991, Stepmom from 1998, Bull Durham from 1988, and uh, Tammy from 2014, and also That's My Boy Mm -hmm. from 2012. Two famous deaths to um, share with you. Uh, Frederick Augusti Augusti Barholdi. Bartholdi. Okay. Um, last name, Scott, is B-A-R-T-H-O-L-D-I. Frederick Augusti Bartholdi. He was uh, born in 1834, but died on this date in 1904. Now... I, the name, I think I've heard, but I don't know why. Uh, Frederick Auguste Bartholdi, uh, he was a French sculptor of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, my. Wow, cool. Yeah. And the last to mention is that of Janis Joplin. Born in 1943, died in 1970. And, of course, uh, name a song or two there. Can oh. You, can you, or do we have to look it up? No, uh, Janis Joplin, uh, let's see, Down on Me was yeah. one of them. Bobby McGee, um, giving every little piece of my heart now, baby. There's another one I can think of. Uh, Good job. All right, um, I had this, we didn't do this smile thing, did we? Um, You touched on it. Okay. And I think you mentioned it was going to be a national day. Well, October 7th, today is October 4th. But in a couple days, it is National Smile Day. No, 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 it's World Smile Day. And um, this, this is a little bit weird but how how, so the question is what cities 
do people smile the most? See? It's, how would you figure that out? Uh, yeah. I don't know. So I, I can tell you how they did it. Um, somebody who obviously didn't have anything else to do. Too much time on their hands. Um, analyzed Instagram photos from the 50 largest U.S. cities in order to f- determine the most smiley city. Now that's that's pretty amazing. I don't know how that could be very representative of a yeah, city. Well, you know, how, how about just most smiley photos? Okay. <laughs> so, um, what city would you guess? And I know this is crazy. Oh, I yeah. Um, what cities do you think are? I have no clue. Okay. Um, San Francisco. Okay. Um, San Francisco um, does not make the top. <laughs> not does not make the top twenty. Okay. I only have twenty deep. I I could get more numbers, but why? Um, Athens, Ohio. No, 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 no. These are significant, bigger cities. Okay, so amazingly, the number one smile the most city is Cincinnati. Ohio. Number two is Birmingham, Alabama. Three, Austin, Texas. Four, Chicago. Five, Virginia Beach. Six, Pittsburgh. And tied at seventh, Columbus, Ohio, and San Francisco. Oh, so they did, San Francisco did make the top ten. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I missed it. I, I, my fault. Anyway, Columbus and San Francisco are tied at the seventh um, most smiley city based on Instagram photos with smiles of. Okay, number nine, Los Angeles. Ten, Boston. Eleven, Portland, Oregon. And I could go on. Okay, let's go, um, let's go the opposite direction. The cities that smile the least. There is an Ohio City listed. And it comes in sixth. And it's Cleveland. But the most, the least... Smiley City, Baltimore, Maryland, followed by Providence, Rhode Island, then Detroit, then Hartford, Connecticut, Atlanta, Georgia, and then six Cleveland. Well, I don't know how scientific that kind of study is based upon Instagram photos, but I thought it was worth sharing as an interesting point. Yeah. Well, you know, it does get pretty cold in Cleveland, but I think they've got plenty of things to smile about. I mean, I've been there a few times, and 
seen some nice places, some nice restaurants, Browns games, the Indians games, now known as the Guardians. The number one, number one, Smiley City, Cincinnati. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Columbus. But Cleveland was on the bottom of the list there. Now let me get back to that page again. I just want to make sure of myself. I yeah, don't want to mislead you know, there's good fishing up there, boating. Cleveland is uh, sixth from the bottom. Yeah. But, you know, I have a high opinion of Baltimore, and it's dead last. Mm-hmm. Thought you had some connections there. Mm-hmm. or My, my wife some, did. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. And because of her, I did too. Yeah. All right. Well, the news. Um, there's an investigation commissioned by the U.S. Soccer Federation, which has discovered emotional abuse and sexual misconduct from coaches. Systemic in the National Women's Soccer League spanning multiple teams and often dismissed by their governing bodies. This report was released yesterday, and it comes about a year after women's professional soccer players began speaking out about cases of harassment and abuse. A whole year. Well, the findings from the independent probe comprise information from over 200 interviews and highlight disturbing patterns of sexual misconduct within the league, including sexually charged comments and unwanted advances. Now, it says the report largely focuses on former North Carolina Courage coach Paul Riley and former Chicago Red Stars coach Rory Dames, and then the Louisville head coach, Christy Holly. Um, so the National Soccer Federation has announced actions it plans to take, including forming a safety task force I didn't say that very well. Forming a safety task force consisting of at least one-third membership of athletes themselves. Uh, The um, abuse, misbehavior, um, there's just so much of that in every, in, in any walk of life. And, you know, you could say, well, it happens in the steel industry, or you could say it happens in um, whatever industry you want to name but the sports industry, too. Um, you know, and when is misbehavior 
misidentified. I don't know. I'm just making noise. But the point is, this is kind of lousy. And uh, I'm glad they're looking into it. Yes. That has no place anywhere. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Out of that report. Oh, yeah. Here's another one that might be worth mentioning. Kim Kardashian. Um, boy, she's been all over the news in the last few days. Um, she has agreed to pay more than $1 million yesterday to settle securities and exchange commission charges for failing to disclose money she was paid for promoting cryptocurrency. She did this in some sort of Instagram post last year. Now, I think I heard somewhere on this morning that she's worth like four billion bucks. Which is hard to imagine. So one million penalty is like um a traffic ticket to you and me. Yeah. Her net worth actually is $1.8 billion. Okay, I said four. I was way off. But still, $1.8 billion. So $1.3 million. Boy, that'd be nice for us, though, wouldn't it, to have that kind of cash? Well. That kind of cabbage? Anyway, um, she's 41 years old. She's a reality TV star and businesswoman. She was sued in January along with boxer Floyd May, um, Mayweather Jr. and former NBA star Paul Pierce for allegedly leading her followers into a pump-and-dump scheme inflating the price of an asset before selling to investors at a profit. Um, she was promoting cryptocurrency. Now, how many followers does she have on Instagram? Get this. 225 million followers. And I am not one of them. Okay. Yeah, I don't... I don't know much about the family, but I know the name. And uh, it's just not the sort of stuff that particularly interests me or you. All right. Well, what I meant by that $1.3 million, I mean, that's probably nothing to her. But yeah. for us, for you and I, hmm. And I suppose we wouldn't be charged that much for doing the same thing. Could be, yeah. We don't have that type of influence. Yeah, or depending how much they were able to rake in off of that, if they did a percentage of that, possibly. But uh, 1.3 mil, that'd be a nice little bit of pocket change. Yeah. Well, let's talk about COVID a little bit. Um, this is a story from Alabama. And they go on to say, as a way of revisiting the subject of COVID and racial inequities. 
Well, the COVID mass vaccination program in the United States began on December 14, 2020. When a nurse at a hospital in Queens, New York, received a shot on live television. I remember this. Yeah. But more than a two but more than 2 months later a major health clinic based in North Birmingham in Alabama which focused on low income black and latino residents still had not given a single vaccine dose the clinic was not able to give shots because it had not received any from the state supply well, the reasons were a matter of dispute. Alabama officials insisted that other Birmingham clinics had signed up first, exhausting the initial supply. Some officials in North Birmingham, however, believed the state's white Republican leadership was ignoring heavily non-white Democratic neighborhoods. The long and short of it This is uh, from Chris Mosley, who oversaw outreach for the clinic, said, was that the the black neighborhoods didn't have vaccines while the white areas did. Birmingham may have been an extreme case, but it was also part of a pattern. Around the United States, many black and Latino communities had limited early access to the COVID vaccine. The lack of access, combined with greater vaccine hesitancy among some people of color, contributed to racial gaps in vaccination and, by extension, the large racial gaps in COVID deaths, the death rates. Well, let's see here. Let's... There's more on this. This is in the New York Times Morning Report. And they go in with um, considerable detail on statistics. So if you'd like to uh, look at their, uh, look at more on this story, feel free to go online and find it. New York Times Morning Report. Um, let's see what else do they have. The war in the Ukraine. Outside the city of Lyman, Ukrainian troops ran across a 69-year-old Soviet veteran. Was he gathering firewood or spying for Russia? We're not really sure. For Vladimir Putin, using small nuclear weapons may not be worth the long-term costs, according to some U.S. analysts. Um... So many interesting stories this morning, and yet not enough time to share all of them. Um, 
Okay, homecoming. This is homecoming week. There are events every single day. If you go to a high university's website, they have a list of all of those events. There are musical events, there's pep rallies, there's all sorts of gatherings. And um, my guess is you would enjoy more than just going to the game or the parade if you knew about them. I tried to print up a list today, and I had trouble with my computer, the printer, because of the way it's formatted on the website. But I'll try to get that list, and I know we're missing two days already, really three, of homecoming activities that we should have been mentioning. But, um, folks, um, as the week goes by and it gets closer to the game itself, of course, those those events pick up. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. As I said, 59 degrees, they say it will be on game day. So uh, take a jacket and enjoy it. And, of course, the 110 and the 110 alumni band and all that sort of thing are going to be doing their things. Cool. Yeah. That's and such a neat sound when, when the marching 110 and all of the alumni are on the field together. Absolutely. Oh, that sound is wonderful. The 110 on its own is wonderful. Of course but, it is. Uh, you double them in size yeah. and sometimes even more than double. Of course. By the way, did you? Uh, does everybody assume that the 110 means that they have 110 members on the field? I. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think some people do, yes. But yeah. go, you go now. Okay. That's not it at all. Correct. They, they have more than that. What does the 110 stand for? It means giving 110%. That's it. And um, I had someone arguing with me the other day saying that's not, that's <laughs> not true. And, well, what uh, did they think it was? They, they thought it was the actual number on the field. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> There's more than 110. Yeah. <laughs> And that and alumni band, they have so much. Fun. Yeah, there's about 510. And they have, um, what do you call it, uh, um, athletic trainers. Trainers, yeah. Medical who, personnel. Who are standing by because they're doing moves that they haven't done in a while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, once in a while, uh, someone will fall or uh, wrench a shoulder. or You know what I mean. Pull a muscle. Yeah, something like Pull that. a hamstring. Yeah, they, when they get back to being 21 years old again in their mind, but not their body. The body won't let them do it. Folks, we are out of time, and we want you to have a marvelous day out there. Stay safe. Enjoy. And we'll see you tomorrow right here. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. The Supreme Court is opening day two of its new session, delving into a voting rights case in Alabama. Correspondent Jan Crawford is outside the court in Washington. With black voter registration at historic highs, black leaders say Alabama is using redistricting to dilute the power of their vote and their ability to elect officials of their choice. The state is 27 percent black, but only one of Alabama's seven congressional districts, which includes Selma, is majority black. For the first time, the Supreme Court has two black justices, Ketanji Brown-Jackson and Clarence Thomas. Almost a week after Hurricane Ian, the death toll has climbed past 100. Vast majority of lives lost in Florida. Mayor Ray Murphy in hard-hit Fort Myers Beach says rescuers are still going door-to-door. -door. Lifting up houses, lifting up rubble, listening, sending dogs in. So what they're trying to do is to find